Sponsored by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Derek Biglane and Matt Crane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. As the listeners can tell by the opening, we have a new sponsor. Presenting sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group, located here in Hernando. Team Couch has been the number one team for residential real estate in DeSoto County for well over the past decade. Uh, they've actually been together now for 13 years. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group, if you've been in DeSoto County for any amount of time, you have seen the red signs uh, the Team Couch is known for uh, all over DeSoto County. Uh, no one has sold more residential real estate in the last decade plus than Team Couch. So Brian and Terry over there do a wonderful job, and we thank them so much for believing in the uh, UTW podcast and investing in us. They feel like we're going to do a good job local news, local coverage. They're putting their advertising dollars with us and we thank them for that. Please reach out to Team Couch of Birch Realty Group if you are buying or selling a home in DeSoto County or Mississippi uh, at large and Tennessee. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group, phone number 662-449-1700, 662-449-1700 or visit them online at www.teamcouch.com. That's www.teamcouch.com. Dot com. Again, thank you, Terry and Brian, for believing us in us uh, as our first presenting sponsor. Podcast also recorded at the Mid-South Vans Studios. That's right here in Hernando. Mid-South Vans been in business now for five years. Mid-South Vans has 12 and 15 passenger vans available to you for any daily, weekly, or monthly trips you might have planned. Please reach out to the team at Mid-South Vans, 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. For Mid South Vans, any daily, weekly, or monthly needs. Since our show on Tuesday, a lot's gone on, both nationally and locally. Uh, first of all, we kind of want to look at something that'll affect all of us uh, in the state. The mask mandate for the state of Mississippi ended Friday. Uh, excuse me, Wednesday at 5 p.m. So what that means is is that going forward uh, from now until November 11th. So starting uh, October 1st through November 11th, the football games are now allowed up to 50% of capacity at football games. The number of people inside without social distancing is 20, with number of people outside when social distancing is not possible is 100. The restaurant and bars can now stop serving alcohol up to 11 p.m. They can serve alcohol up to 11, must stop after that. Restaurant employees, however, still must wear their mask. And cities, individual cities, can still enforce stricter laws if they so choose. I did see that, though. So uh, cities, Oxford, Hernando, Tupelo, et cetera, can, can still do what they feel necessary or, or feel led to do. Uh, the government government in that, those towns. Um, I don't really necessarily see that. Most of our cities, from what I can tell, other than Oxford, really have been paying attention to what uh, the governor says right. every two weeks and kind of abiding by that. Or that's what I, th- I expect Hernando just to follow by what, right. he, what he issued. We were, we were somewhere last night, and, and it was a hit or miss uh, as far as people having masks. You know, at this point, it kind of is what it is. If someone chooses to wear a mask, so be it. If someone chooses not to, uh, let's not crucify one another either way. As I think you and I both would agree with that. But it, you do catch yourself kind of glancing. And if you have one on, you glance, you glance and see somebody without one and vice versa. On the stores, individual stores, Walmart, Kroger, not sure. You know, We'll have to see what their signage says. I've not been to Kroger since Wednesday at 5 o'clock. I will probably plan on going this weekend. So they may still have the you know mask requirement. They may say you know mask preferred. Uh, not sure about that. We did not reach out to Kroger before the show. You know, kind of watch out for that. And again, try to respect what they want you to do. As for being outside, as for being in houses and that sort of thing, churches, that, that's, that's kind of the new rules that have been set. So glad that's been lifted. I know, you know, we mentioned on Tuesday that a local delegation, three of the local uh, representatives had actually gone out there and sent a letter to the governor asking her to reduce this or actually to do away with it. And so they got some of what they wanted. I think they're still pushing for total removal of everything. Uh, but this is a, a great step step you know forward into you know getting more to being complete open uh, i think one thing that says like they cannot deny you entry or service if you don't have a mask on correct it's kind of what, what one of the things that it, it was so again just be uh, conscious of that if you want to wear a mask so be it uh, if, if you don't want to wear a mask that's certainly your right to do but uh if, if a store is is local government uh, be smart about this and uh, we'll continue to push forward in the battle against COVID 19 um derek speaking of debate the first presidential debate was on tuesday night and we, wow. we have not talked a ton about national politics uh, on our show. Uh, that's on purpose. Um, but the first debate was, was Tuesday night, and it was quite interesting. You and I were texting back pretty quickly back and forth. I mean, a little bit of a uh, – it was it, it was interesting. Man, it was an <laughs> absolute nightmare. Uh, I, I cannot – I mean, there's been a bunch of pundits who have gone off on just – 
how bad it was, how just how both candidates really just acted kind of childish. You know, I, I don't know what else you can add except for that it was just it was hard to watch. I think that, you know, we talked uh, last time that, you know, this has been going on since 1960. And that, you know, a lot of times there have been good points. There have been snippets. There have been great lines that have come out of these debates. There, there was none of that <laughs> Tuesday night. Um, there was just a lot of, of infighting, a lot of interruptions, uh, just a lot of the, the moderator kind of losing control of it, uh, Chris Wallace. So it was just, it was really hard to watch. It, it made me feel, you know, really just kind of blase about either candidate, to be honest. And, you know, I just, I hated that it happened. I, you know, the fact that we have two more of these, I know that the people that kind of, you know, rule the debates, run over the debates have said that they're going to have a better handle on it going forward. I know the next, uh, next one's a town hall meeting style debate, but man, they've got to do something because, I mean, you know, at first it started off fine and then they got a little ugly in the middle and then it just became unwatchable. Watching it the other night was, was very interesting. Uh, one of the tough things, Derek, is, you know, they have debate, both both parties have debate negotiators. So half the time they're trying to protect their candidate, but at the same time, how can they set up a situation to affect the other candidate right. versus when it's all said and done, how do the American people win? And that, I think that's what so many of us are, are frustrated about when it comes to politics is, hey, how can I protect my candidate or catch the other one or whatever? And they, especially Washington has has quit thinking about the American people a long time ago. Well, I mean, and, and, and you can have a long, you know, we can have long conversation, diatribes about the two-party system and the fact that, you know, what do you do when you when neither candidate is a good option? Right. And so that's, you know, that's unfortunately that's where we are, uh, you know, to put money behind a third party. I think the last one that I remember that even had a, a decent chance was Ross Perot, who was an interesting character himself, but a lot of that was self-funded. And, you know, so if you don't have somebody that's extremely wealthy that can self-fund them, maybe, you know, I think Ross ended up getting around 20, 15 to 20% of the vote. Uh, you know, so that was a... a Again, a very respectable showing for a third-party candidate, but it's just it leaves a lot. Um, you know, I think that a lot of us fit somewhere. You know, we're conservative one way, maybe liberal another way, and some, or maybe moderate to conservative, or maybe moderate liberal, and sometimes that's just not available. <laughs> and so it just it leaves a lot to want. Uh, but you know, these are the two that we have. And so, you know, you need to, you know, vote how your, you know, your conscience tells you, how your beliefs tell you. And so there will be two more. I think the, either the next one or the third one, of course, is close to us in Belmont, Tennessee, or Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, and so, um, you know, if, if you're still interested, uh, you will have two more chances to watch. Yeah, the next one will be on October 7th, which is next Tuesday, right? Yes. Yeah, next October. So we can talk about the, that's the vice presidential debate. We can discuss that. Kind of thought in my brain. It's kind of hard to go. Pence is a very calm person. Seems like a very calming type situation. So it'll be very interesting to see if they allow Harris to kind of go at him. But but Pence seems to be just an extremely calm guy and respectful from a standpoint of not uh, won't talk over you that type of stuff. Well, I think and hopefully that both. I mean, I'm sure they watched it. I'm sure they've seen the negative right. reaction by pretty much everybody about what happens when you stop and interrupt. What happens when you're just yelling? What happens when you're just telling each other to you know be quiet? And so hopefully they can say, okay, look, we, we got to do something different than that. And maybe it's a better watch. Maybe this is the better, the better of all the debates. Right. Uh, so we'll find out Tuesday night. President Trump, finding out this morning about 1 a.m. Eastern, tweeted out that he and uh, Melania had both tested positive for the coronavirus. So uh, Mike Pence may be uh, you know, in the forefront a little bit for a few days while Trump uh, recovers from that. Hopefully everything goes well there and, and they're able to mild symptoms and so forth. I believe the Instagram model, Hope Hicks, uh, from his, I don't know if you know who Hope Hicks yeah. is, trusted person that speaks to him all the time had, had tested positive so uh it's home right there i mean covid19 right there in the white house and and so they'll battle it as well as anybody and um wish them both uh as the president and first lady recover which we would do of any president and first lady of course but anyway so that's that's uh, a little bit of national news uh we'll talk more about the vice president debate next tuesday Derek, local news uh, a big happening in uh, on church road coming up that that will not take place yeah, uh, the Mid-South Fair, uh, which had already been rescheduled, it was originally supposed to take place, I think, last week or this past week. The end of September is usually when it takes place, um, the last week of September. And it was already moved to October 23rd, week uh, starting October 23rd. It has now been canceled for the year. So the Mid-South Fair has been canceled uh, for 2020, which you know I think everybody kind of saw that coming um you know based on everything that's going on the the it is down it is outside but uh, obviously there's a lot of stuff to wipe down after each ride uh the the virus is still thought and or known to stay on the surfaces at least for a little little while so being able to have to wipe off every ride after every turn uh you know having people you know basically in line close to each other 
Uh, there's just a lot that could have gone gone on, and, and you don't want to be known as a super spreading event. So it was canceled. It has now been uh, the next one will be held um, next year, September 23rd, 21 to October 3rd, 21. So basically, this same time next year is when the, the Mid South Fair will will come back to uh, the DeSoto the Lander Center, the, the old DeSoto Center, the Lander Center right there in the parking lot. This is a uh, you know, I did a little research on it, and the Mid-South Fair actually goes back to 1856. Wow. It was called the Shelby County Fair. Uh, it then changed its name to the DeSoto, the Mid-South Fair, excuse me, in 1929. So from 1856 to 1929, it was known as the Shelby County Fair. From 1929 until today, it's known as the Mid-South Fair. And the only other time in history it has been canceled uh, was uh, the years 1942 to 47 because of the war. Wow. Other than that, it's gone every, every year since 1856. Locally for myself, uh, my hometown has the largest free fair in the world. Just totally free, walk right in, no, no no cost to entry. And that canceled for the first time since World War II, the earlier this year. So, you know, sad news for those people that, that put so much time and, and effort into that event. There's a lot of preparation that goes into. I'm a little bit surprised they got up right to the month of and, and before they could cancel. A lot of uh, logistics go into it, whether it be musical acts, whether, you know, the carnival rides and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, shout out to those people for making that decision it's not an easy one to do and, and good luck to them in, in 2021 my luck I'd, I'd be stuck on the uh, top of the ferris wheel as they began to clean everyone <laughs> down that's that, that would be my luck i'd be stuck on the top and then they'd have to clean slow they'd, they'd serve pro and sanitize everyone i'd be up there for an hour well and, then, you know, and sometimes you know those the tilt of worlds and the one what's the one with the four drops and you're stuck to the wall going around around there's a lot of sickness. gravitron there's a lot of sickness that can happen on yeah. that. there's a lot of sickness and we just that's it's just too much going on right, all right now real quick on the mid-south fair Derek, when was the last time you ate a funnel cake uh that would be never you've never had a funnel I've cake. never had a funnel cake that's come on man I, i'm gonna be honest I, even when you know i was younger and stuff it just that looked like a lot now i love a beignet i mean beignet is fantastic right. you know basically fried dough with powder uh, and so that's basically what a funnel cake is but i could never it was just a lot of food and i'm like nah i'm, I'm good i'd right now look i'd rather have a you know something like chocolatey sweet one of those big huge lemonade type things but the funnel cakes just i'm never was a funnel cake guy candy never apple or caramel apple oh caramel caramel oh man the candy apples are nasty i, I mean <laughs> i mean I, the caramel at least gets kind of chewy where you can actually bite sure, into it right. the candy just basically you pearl and trotter are just ready to see you as soon as you bite and take candied apple i mean Very it true. breaks Very the tooth I, I, yeah candy apples can be a, a, a little bit tough corn dog you are you're, you're from close to louisiana so no, I do, no, I, close look, a lot of corn dog a lot of corn dog <laughs> smell coming out of baton rouge um right. but no a lot of corn dogs uh i, I did eat Grew up eating corn dogs, yes. School, the what, school, the corn dog on the stick. Corn, corn dogs now, no. Oh no, I hadn't had a corn dog in years, man. <laughs> not a uh, lot of stuff in the box coming out of a box. Not, no, I mean, but yeah, those corn dogs on the stick back in the school, legit. Oh, absolutely. Well, well, I mean, I just golly, it's like a kind of a recurring nightmare though. I just see it. It's, it's the corn dog on a stick. Always had corn with it. Okay. So I mean, they just could not get enough of the, right. the corn. Had the yellow corn over here. Kernel corn. Like the kernel the, corn. Yeah, oh, yeah, kernel like corn, the, yeah, the canned corn. And then they would have. Maybe um, some type of oh, had a roll, so just straight yellow carved up, right? And then it would finish with some type of well, piece of cake or something for the you know the lunch. I mean, I'm like, did you yeah. did your cafeteria do the uh, pear with mayonnaise on top? <laughs> I remember that. I don't know if it's from cafeteria. I do remember. I think it's more like cottage cheese, but yeah, I do remember no, the pear with the cottage was, I cheese. I think ours was straight mayonnaise. I, I well, I mean, look, it's, it's sour milk. Whatever it is, it's sour milk. It was sour milk on top of a pear. I don't remember if it was at the cafeteria, but I do remember that as a child. Awful. Yeah, it's very, we could, we'll have a discussion about that. Hey, speaking of cafeteria food, speaking of um, school lunches and those type things, uh, Derek, we have a planned interview next Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to sit down and interview uh, Miss Stacy Graves. She is the CFO of the Soda County School. So Stacy's interview will air probably next Friday. We'll lead the show with that. Uh, so like I said, speaking of school lunches and, and school priorities budget-wise and so forth, uh, we will be visiting with her. Again, she is the CFO of the Soda County Schools and just an absolute, you and I have known her for a long time, just mm-hmm. the sweetest lady in the world uh, goes to church uh, with us. And um, I promise if you go to Hernando United Methodist Church, I'm not going to make her sing any songs or anything like that on, on the thing, so don't request that. But moving on, Derek, another uh, going through our local things to talk about is, uh, again, our chain link uh, fence debate. Uh, we, we do have confirmation that the city uh, is definitely working on a um, working on a, a, a more permanent plan that will include a four-inch ornamental four, iron. No, four I'm foot sorry, high. Four, four <laughs> foot high. Four inches. Four inch would be very tiny. <laughs> four foot ornamental iron uh, fence to replace the existing chain link fence, which Derek and I have been told or via email and told by several people that the chain link fence was actually temporary. I'm going to simply say 
now you call it temporary. I'll just say that after a lot of uh, talk on this podcast and uh, maybe a lot of emails or phone calls over to you guys, it, it's now changed from permanent to temporary. Because that's the that's the most permanent installed temporary fence I've ever seen. As we've mentioned before, we never saw the original plans. It could have always been this way. I, I just think it would have been better for maybe you know the the orange netting sure you know something like that save that, was, that money you know that was put on there but uh, versus, they, versus actually concreting in the quote-unquote temporary fence so they they <laughs> do plan on tearing that down uh as you said it was a four foot high black steel ornamental fence uh that will go up they do expect the pathway to be completed uh mid-october so a couple of weeks from now uh, and then the the fence to come on right after that so i would expect to see the entire project done by halloween you know ready to run on bike on walk on uh, commute on however you want to do it and uh, so just looking forward to that and glad that they're making the change if it was always in the plans then you know that's great if it was a change again uh, just as long as it's getting done I think it's going to look nice uh, and I'm you know looking forward to the residents of Hernando using it absolutely Derek walked out of the house this morning 48 degrees dropping my daughter off so 48 degrees makes me think of something coming up Makes me think of Christmas and the Christmas holiday season coming up. Christmas open house here in Hernando taking place when? Uh, the Dickens of a Christmas is the name of the, the our Christmas. You said, you said Dickens? Dickens okay. of a Christmas. Dickens of a Christmas. We're going with the Charles Dickens things, very Victorian-era dress, Victorian-era, you know, just the square will be, you know, kind of decorated that way. This will be the Hernando open house. Now, the Hernando open house used to be just one day. Used to be on Sunday from 9, I think actually from like 12 to 5. It was right maybe right when church ended to 5. Yes. Well, now they're doing it Saturday and Sunday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. both days. So November 14th and 15th, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. They'll have, again, you'll have carolers, uh, you know, dressed in the, the Victorian style. You'll have, uh, of course, all the, the shops will be open. They'll be serving you know, cider. They'll be serving the different kind of treats. Uh, Santa Claus will be on the square at the courthouse. So just a really good, that, but they have nailed down the date. Uh, of course, it, you know, it, it is going to take place this year, November 14th and 15th. To go along with that, uh, Olive Branch has all, uh, also announced their Christmas parade. They're going to have the Christmas parade. They're you know excited about it. It'll be December fifth at two p.m. Uh, the theme of their Christmas parade is going to be peace on earth. So peace on earth, and um, there's you know there's a obviously call, contact the Olive Branch Chamber of Commerce to go ahead and register your float. Uh, register you know it, when what they want is basically just floats that are done and uh, bright lights and and you know uh, different things that to show that the that we are all hoping for peace on earth especially during this you know this tumultuous time so again uh just two great announcements you know being october 2nd with halloween right here everybody's decorations going up all the stores of course have had halloween decorations since august 1st uh, we are now inching our way toward christmas it's the christmas creep is on uh, and so both of those have been announced and looking forward to it christmas and olive branch parade will be december 5th at two o'clock mm-hmm. they want bright lights and the the theme of the parade is peace on earth peace on earth while Fires and riots will be happening in Seattle and Portland. That, that's what we're. That's that's why we're <laughs> so having peace, peace on Earth in Olive Branch. But there's going to be fires and, and riots possibly going on in in, uh, in Portland. So just a different world for sure. But uh, anyway, again, these people have reached out to us at under the water tower info at gmail dot com. Under the water tower info at gmail dot com. Send information to us about the South Haven. South Haven Chamber reaches out to us sometimes already, and Olive Branch Chamber. So if you have any information, just send those over to us. And again, looking forward to the holiday season. It is here quickly. We'll, we'll be here uh, very quickly. Reminder, Derek, a couple of things. The Noah's Gift five k just wrapped up virtually. The water tower ten k. Water tower ten k next weekend. Yeah, water uh, tower ten k next weekend. And I've got an update uh, from the director, uh, Gia Matheny. She has contacted me and said that you know. She really appreciates us getting the word out. They have now have over 400 sign up oh, wow. for the for the in person run. Over 400 uh, participants already. And again, you've got over a week left. It's it's uh, eight days from today. So uh, please, uh, this is going to be a great event. Looks like it's going to be a, a you know really a well participated event. So come out. You know if it's anything like this morning was or anything like tomorrow morning is going to be, it should be just a fantastic morning for running. And again, that all goes to the Dolly Parton Fund uh, for early uh, reading program thank you to everything uh, everybody here locally and also a quick update the crew boo fun run uh, updated time on that crew boo fun run will be from one to three on october 31st so the morning time they moved it from the morning to early afternoon to help coincide with soccer baseball football all that type stuff so one to three on october 31st uh, we should have uh, the ability to register online starting early next week we're working with a, a, a another um, website that does the race organization so uh, putting that stuff together so crew boo 
fun run. It will be for all ages. Parents can dress up. Kids can dress up. October 31st, 1 to 3. So more information will be coming out each and every day. It'll be or, at the city park. It'll be at Hernando. the city park. The old track. Old track. It's going to be at the old tracks where we're going to be. So October 31st, 1 to 3. So you're done with in plenty of time to go to a trunk or treat for your church or plenty of time to get ready for uh, hopefully a fun night of trick-or-treating here in the uh, city of Hernando. Podcast brought to you by The Print House, located at 2462 Church Street, right here in Hernando. The Print House is your one-stop shop for printing services. Business cards, banners, screen printing for T-shirts, as well as a showroom full of all your vinyl and T-shirt needs. Whether it's a new logo or marketing plan for your business or a large order of T-shirts for your family reunion or church group, the ladies at The Print House can help. Simply give them a call at 662-298-3105 or find them online at theprinthousems.com. Just found out yesterday that they will honor a 5% discount if you mention the podcast. Please mention the, uh, the UTW podcast, and they will certainly honor a 5% discount on your order instantly. Podcast also brought to you by Precision Services, located in Hernando. Whether you're a real estate flipper or a homeowner with simply too much in your yard, Precision can help. They specialize in residential or commercial renovations. With over 20 years experience in the demolition, junk removal, and construction business, Precision is eager to bid on your next project. Give them a call at 662-469-4189. Mention the podcast and you too can get a 5% discount off your estimate instantly at 662-469-4189. Look at college sports real quick. and Again, we're only going to talk about the local teams. Uh, and local teams being uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, ones that are most, uh, I guess, cared about by our listeners. And I do want to say this. If there is a team that you would like to first discuss, to like for us to look into, maybe there's a, a, a team that – uh, maybe the Memphis Tigers or somebody similar that we have a lot of listeners, please reach out to us. We'll be happy to add that team to our discussions on Friday uh, and to our picks. Uh, but right now um, we are going to kind of look at uh, Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Uh, we'll start with uh, Ole Miss first. Ole Miss coming off of a loss to Florida. Uh, the offense looked good. You know, Defense struggled. I think all Ole Miss fans knew they were going to struggle. And they now travel to Kentucky to take on the Wildcats. Kentucky coming off of a loss to Auburn. Uh, and so basically two 0-1 teams, obviously 0-1 overall and 0-1 the SEC since we're only playing SEC games. And I, th- I think uh, Kentucky's favored by 6.5. Um, I think that uh, Ole Miss, again, their offense looked good. It's very, very fast offense. I mean, gets to the line quick. I think they get off plays in less than 20 seconds. That's putting the ball down, lining up, getting the snap off. And uh, I think Kentucky does have a pretty good defense. They held with all of them for three quarters, and then just the floodgates kind of opened after that. But I do expect Kentucky to come ready to play hard. They do have a home game. They will have some limited fan capacity. Uh, I do think that um, it's going to be a hard-fought game. But, I, I, you know, if I'm a betting man, which I am not, but if I was a betting man, I'd be taking Ole Miss in the points. I do think Ole Miss wins this game. I think they win by maybe – three to six points, uh, but I'm looking for Ole Miss to take the victory over the Wildcats. I mean, we could talk about defense all, all day long and those type things, but if you have an offense that you, you feel confident can move up and down the field, I was highly impressed with Matt Corral. Kiffin's going to get the ball to the playmakers, going to get it to Moore, Ely, those type people. Uh, and I, I think I think Ole Miss can go to Kentucky where there won't be a huge uh, home field advantage and, and, and get it done. So I like Ole Miss to actually uh, get Kiffin's first win as a coach. It should be a close one, like you had mentioned, uh, three to six. But if we get into a shootout, I like Ole Miss. Oh, absolutely. I like Ole Miss. I mean, I, look, they got a good quarterback, Scary Terry. He's a good quarterback. Um, I, and I think that they do have a – you know, they've been a – more than respectable team over the last two or no, three Kentucky, years. Kentucky, absolutely. They, you know, they play hard. Uh, Stoops has them you know, really playing hard when they, when they come out in the field. But I do think that Ole Miss has a, you know, as you said, has a good offense. I think they'll have enough offensive points or put up enough offensive points to compensate for their lack of defense. Uh, I do think, obviously, Kentucky was a score. I mean, I'm thinking when I say three to six points, I'm thinking a 35-31 type game, okay, something that like that. Now, and I say 35-31, that's assuming our kicker can make the extra points. As you see, I did not give Ole Miss any field goals because, uh, yeah. I mean, it, that's a that's a struggle. And um, I, I think as we go through the season, you may see Kiffin try less field goals. Oh, no, I agree. You know what I'm saying? Mean, I, I, last week, I, at, after about this third or fourth series, I, I mean, I was pushing, I was texting you, I was texting my brother, uh, you know, with, sitting next to Bo. Um, we should just – if as long as we're from our 30 on, I mean, as long as we're not backed up to our you know, 10 or 20, if it's our 30 on – Fourth down, go for it. I mean, we should not punt. We sh- you know should not kick field goals. Just go for it. I mean, because it's we have an offense. You know, as long as we're not running a 180 pound back up the middle on second or third and three, we should get the first down. Um, and so it, on four plays. So I, I, 
again, I mean, our punters, I'm not, there's nothing, that's no disrespect against the punter. It's just the fact that we've got to hold the ball. We've got to keep the other, uh, the team off the field because of our defense. And I just don't trust our kicker except for maybe 10 yards in. Right. No, I, I agree with you. You and I talk a lot off of air and some of the different shows I listen to. I mean, Ole Miss, keeping it real, Ole Miss fans, Ole Miss has not been rele- relevant in, in college football in the last four or five years. Hold yeah. on to the ball. Go for it on fourth down. Try some different things. If Alabama beats you 100 to nothing or by two, by two points. Do everything you can to hold on to the ball and, and and try and win the game. You know, try and win the game. Don't give the don't give the ball back to them unnecessarily. I mean, again, uh, Ole Miss has not been relevant in football since the Sugar Bowl five years ago. Mm-hmm. So have some fun, take some chances, hold on to the ball, and and, and see what happens. All right, uh, turning to Mississippi State. Now, Mississippi State's coming off a great win over LSU. Um, they uh, went down to Baton Rouge again with no fan capacity. Uh, they did have some benefits there, but uh, they took care of business. Uh, the quarterback transferred from Stanford, put up over 600 yards passing. You know, Ole Miss, you know LSU, excuse me, was down their you know best defensive back, but doesn't matter. I, I don't think that would have mattered in this case. I, th- I think LSU did not come to play. I think they, you know, the losses from last year has really hurt them more than they expected, and I think more than their fans expected. And I, I do think that LSU is going to struggle, not probably maybe not that bad. I don't think they're going to give up 600 yards passing per game, but I do think that they're going to have a tougher year than they thought they're going to have. And I think Mississippi State, you know, surprised some people. I think the leech system is going to take some time for SEC teams to get used to. Uh, I think that, um, you know, that he, you know, he runs a good offense. He's got a good uh, scheme, and it will take time for the defensive coordinators in the SEC to catch up, just like it did in the Pac-12. And so, you know, we'll, we'll look how that goes. Uh, they have Arkansas coming to Starkville. Arkansas, again. What's the uh, spread? Uh, I don't know the spread on that one, but Ole Miss's <laughs> non-relevancy is matched and or, uh, I mean, it's definitely equaled, if not surpassed by Arkansas. Oh, absolutely. Arkansas is terrible. They're, they're all, they've been awful the last three or four years. And so I, I do not see, you know, Felipe Franks is their quarterback. Again, they played Georgia tough for a half, and then Georgia decided to finally play and put them away. And so I, I don't see Arkansas – I'm gonna say state by at least fourteen. I'm gonna oh. pick the Bulldogs by Derek, at least fourteen to twenty-one say, points. I would, yeah, I would say state by twenty-five. I would say state by. I, I mean, I would say state should state should win by as much as they want to win by. I, I'll say that. We'll keep this one uh, pretty short. Arkansas lost to Georgia to a four-string quarterback playing yep. a four-string quarterback. Most people thought he was a kicker, and he comes out second half, destroys Arkansas. Arkansas is not good. Mississippi State does throw the ball well. This will be a murder. Absolute murder. Uh, if you're, uh, like you said, you're not a betting man, and I'm not necessarily a betting man myself, but if, it, yeah, I'm looking forward to looking at the line on this one because Mississippi State could, could win this one or should win this one by as much as they want because what have we talked about with Mike Leach offenses? They, get a big, they can get a big lead, then they give it up, that type of stuff. Arkansas can't come back. Arkansas can't do that. If Arkansas starts having to pass, it's going to get even worse. So I just look for Mississippi State to absolutely roll all over Arkansas this week and move to 2-0 and and – Man, probably moving to like top 15 in the country. All right. The consensus seven teams, spread is 17, state by 17. Mm-mm. So you're saying they cover that I'm, easily. I'm, I'm saying the score is uh, state could be in the 40s should they want to, and Arkansas should be in, should be in the low teens, uh, if anything. What do you state. think the over-under is at this game? Well, let's see. I, I figure Arkansas will score 14 and Mississippi State could score 41. So I'd say the over-under is 55. 68 and a half. All right, that's an under. 68 Arkansas, and a half. Arkansas can't score. Arkansas so. can't score. I mean, in my opinion, what was it, 68 and a half? 68 and a half. Okay, so we'll pay attention to that and see what happens, and we'll, we'll see uh, how big of an idiot I might be. But 68 and a half, that's 48 to 10, and it's still only 58 points. That's 48, yeah. All right, that's what I'm yeah. saying. That's 48 to 10. Yeah. Arkansas is terrible. Mississippi State's pretty good. Mississippi, Arkansas is bad at what Mississippi State does well, which is throw the ball. Yep. So it's it's on. It's Mississippi State big time. Uh, and, again, UTW Podcast is going to cover Ole Miss and Mississippi State pretty pretty fairly. Uh, we feel Ole Miss can go to Lexington and win the game. It's going to be a hard yeah, ball Yeah, just to remind people, we are Ole Miss graduates. <laughs> However, we picked them to lose to Florida. They will lose to Alabama next week, so yeah. we're not we don't have the red and blue glasses on. We but we do think that they can beat Kentucky at Kentucky. Yeah, and I will tease this at some point. I will tell my Jackie Sherrill story. I will tell. I do have a Jackie Sherrill story. I will be teasing that. It's a it's a funny Jackie Sherrill story. But anyway, good luck to Ole Miss. Good luck to Mississippi State, and certainly good luck to the fans for watching that. And, and thank y'all for. Uh, uh, supporting us, so let's keep up with that. Next, sixty-eight points is the over/under. We'll, we'll sixty-eight watch and that. a half. Sixty-eight and a half. I got to get to that sixty-nine. I don't think the half. We're not going to need the hook. High school games. Moving on to the high school games. Big story right here under the water tower for the last 24, 48 hours has been the Hernando, the Hernando, the Hernando. 
the Hernando Tiger football game against the South Haven Chargers for home, homecoming. No parade. No parade again. No parade. Uh, the Hernando Tiger homecoming game has been canceled. Uh, it has been canceled. Um, it is now the Hernando festivities. The homecoming festivities will take place against D.C. in two weeks. So they will still have the court. They will still have the floats, all that type of stuff. They simply moved it to the D.C. game in two weeks. Uh, that means Hernando benefits from, sadly, uh, the South Haven Chargers football team has been affected by the COVID-19 virus. They have been affected by the virus. Like we talked about about four or five weeks ago, Derek, in, in the preview, South Haven has to forfeit to Hernando. So Hernando moves to 2-0 and in uh, district play. South Haven falls to 0-1. Oh, and two in district play. So it is the way of the world. It's sad it's that way. Uh, it wasn't settled on the field, but the game is, is, is canceled, and Hernando gets that victory moving on to 2-0 uh, in, in district. Um, so I'm happy for all the kids that still get to participate in the uh, homecoming festivities. I'd heard for a little while that they were just going to have an empty stadium and uh, present the court, Derek. So <laughs> would have been a terrible idea. I no. did get a chance. Just a quick story, Derek, before we move on to actual games being played. I talked to uh, – I actually saw Coach Case, uh, the principal of Hernando High School last night. We visited a little bit. They made every effort they could with multiple teams throughout Mississippi to try and get a game as far down as Brookhaven, right in the northwest Rankin area had reached out and gotten with a team in the Delta, Derek. And uh, it was a school that had gone virtual, and then the virtual, they were, they were coming back. So now they're trying to find games. So this would have made complete and total sense. So they had to be on the phone with the coach. Let's just say the coach uh, offered a quite large number of cash that it would require for them to drive up and play Hernando. <laughs> So they're looking for games. No, was this a buy-in? Exactly, no, no, exactly. No. This is not Division Two school trying <laughs> yeah. to get a buy-in. No. Yeah. Co- Coach, Kate, Coach Case describes it as it negotiating for a, uh, like the buy of a house. Long story short, it did not happen. Uh, no game for Hernando this weekend. We won't go into it a little further. We could name school names and all that kind of stuff. But it was a lot of back and forth, a lot of back and forth. Uh, I think when it was all said and done, it, it some pizza was involved in the negotiation. Uh, but it didn't happen. And uh, here's where we are. Hernando has the weekend off, so uh, hopefully they'll go do a little scouting or whatever. But anyway, moving on to some games being played. Center Hill hosting the Columbus Falcons. Center Hill 1-0 in district, 3-1 on the season. Columbus Falcons, Derek, are not very good. 1-0 no, they in are 1-0 in the, in the district, 1-4 overall. They're coming off uh, a 23-7 New Hope win. That is their district win. That's the, their one win. So they, it's 23-7 last week over New Hope. Uh, they do are coming to Center Hill. Uh, who's coming off a big district win over Lake Cormorant. Uh, that was the one that we actually split uh, our picks on last week, the 28-14 win. And so I think Center Hill, as we said, they lost the first game of the season. They've now rolled on three straight. Center Hill's a good team. Uh, yeah, they and, are. And they run the ball, too. Well. They run the ball. And Columbus having to come there, Columbus being 1-4. and four. I, New Hope, we'll talk about them in just a minute, but New Hope's not very good either. So I, I think that Center Hill is going to – I mean, you don't ever want to overlook a opponent. You don't ever want to say, hey, this is an easy win. But, you know, from us sitting right here, it's a pretty easy win by the Mustangs. I'm going Mustangs. Right, I agree. Center Hill's going to win that game, uh, I feel like, fairly handily uh, on the east side of the county. Moving western, uh, west, uh, down 69, we're going to have uh, Olive Branch. I'm sorry, down Goodman Road. Olive Branch hosting the Tupelo Golden Wave. Tupelo 0-1 in district, 1-3 on the season. Coming to Olive Branch, who is 1-0 in the district and 4-0 on the season. So, typically, you'd probably look up and their their records would be pretty identical. Uh, in this one, you, you would expect Tupelo to be 3-1. Tupelo is 1-3. Uh, Tupelo lost to Hernando last week at home. And so, Tupelo is limping into this game, coming to Olive Branch today, uh, up Highway 78. I feel like Keister's all day. Olive Branch does hold the overall record with Tupelo, 11-8. Uh, they've played each other 19 times. Uh, Olive Branch has won 11 of those. Olive Branch, uh, of course, both both teams have their first-year head coaches, uh, Darren Bowling at Olive Branch and Ty Harden at Tupelo. So, you know, both of them taking on, pro, uh, you know, new jobs and getting to know the, the kids. I just think that the uh, Olive Branch team, they had a lot of talent coming back, done a great job with that talent going 4-0 so far in the season. Uh, I do think that with Tupelo having to come in and that, that was a tough, tough loss they had to Hernando last week. And again, they're just they're struggling to put up points this year, and I just think that um, you know with the with how the way Olive Branch has been rolling, the way they can run the ball, literally that's all they do is run the ball. Uh, I just really think they control it. They control the clock. 
you know, this may be a two to three score game just because Olive Branch has the time of possession by a wide margin. I'm also going Keisters. Yeah, I just feel like the Olive Branch has a lot of momentum. Um, I, I feel like they're the better team. I watched Tupelo play last week. Tupelo, of course, has some players and has a, a huge number of kids in the school and, and a lot of they dress out a lot. But man, I just think Olive Branch is a, is a better football team right now. Going to move to four, five and zero oh, uh, and, and lead the district there. Lewisburg travels to Oxford. to Oxford. Okay, so Lewisburg goes down to Oxford. Uh, Oxford's good at home. Good at home. They always are. Always have been. Lewisburg 0-1 in the district, 3-2 on the season. Oxford 1-0 in district, 3-0 on the season. So Oxford looks to stay unbeaten. Uh, Lewisburg lost to Horn Lake last week. A bit surprised. That kind of went, went against a pick of ours. So Lewisburg travels down to Oxford. Oxford's such a well-coached team. They just they operate like a small college team, really, they do. I'm going to say Lewisburg goes to Oxford, but but I've got to pick the Oxford Chargers in this game. Oxford coming off, of course, that last uh, last three minutes of the game, they came, you know, scored to beat South Haven 31-28. South Haven controlled that game for a lot of it. Unfortunately for the Chargers, uh, Olive Branch kind of wore down their defense. The defense played great. The South Haven uh, defense played great all game, but uh, there was a turnover, a pick six, and then they, um, the defense started to wear down, and, and South, you know, Oxford was able to come back. I do look for the Chargers to take care of business. Uh, I think Lewisburg, and they are able to run the ball. I think that it'll be, of course, there are no spreads on high school games, but, you know, if you're looking at a 3-0 team versus a 3-2 and team and the, the way, you know, Oxford history, you would think, okay, this may be a blowout. But I do think Lewisburg keeps it close within a couple scores, uh, but I do think that the uh, Chargers win. Yeah, UTW podcast pick uh, takes the Oxford Chargers over Lewisburg tonight. In-county battle, the D.C. Jaguars travel to the Horn Lake Eagles. Derek, I think the big thing about this game was last week uh, we picked a Against Horn Lake, Horn Lake was 0-2, traveling to Lewisburg. They made some changes mid-game, figured some things out. However, by doing that, it puts stuff on film for D.C. to watch. Exactly. Okay, And that's the thing right there. Horn Lake stacked the line, said, hey, you're going to have to beat us in the air. Lake Lewisburg couldn't adjust and couldn't get that done. Horn Lake began to have the momentum and roll through that game. I look for D.C. to have that on film, pay attention to what they did against Lewisburg, and, and I feel like D.C. is a better team. Horn Lake uh, is, you know, may have a tough year, but I, I feel like D.C. is a better team. I'm going D.C. to win that game tonight at Horn Lake. I agree. I'm also going Jaguars. Instead of Central, coming off a heartbreaking loss to Olive Branch, you know, right with the last you know, 35, 40 seconds left in the game, uh, give up the touchdown, two-point conversion. So the 21-20 loss. I do want to uh, mention, we talked about how Olive Branch coach went for it for two, you know, went for two for the win. I found out uh, this week that the kicker was not available for the game. Oh, gosh. Their kicker was not available for the game. So not only was it 20-19 to when they scored – they had to go for two. Oh wow! So not a I'm, choice. I'm not, I'm not saying <laughs> we we're praising for the choice. Yeah, now. Praising for the choice. But not only that, I think though, you know, one choice is like, okay, all right, you know, our coach believes us. Let's go get this done. Another one is, oh my goodness, I don't have a kicker. That's we okay. have to make. We have to score. Okay. Uh, but again, they did score. Uh, again, it was heartbreaking for Desoto Central. I, I, you know, again, Horn Lake did show something. They can they can stop the run. However, Desoto Central with my, with our boy Branson Titan Noah, you know, the receiver. I think they can throw the ball right if they have to, or because also they want to. And so I think they do have. A pretty balanced offense. I think that, you know, again, Horn Lake comes, plays hard, shows up, but I think the Jaguars win. Uh, Lake Comrade Gators hosting the New Hope Trojans. Lake Comrade hosting the New Hope Trojans. We talked about it earlier. Derek did. New Hope uh, plays a lot of the teams in DeSoto County being in their district. Uh, Lake Comrade 0 1 district uh, record, 2 1 overall record. Uh, host New Hope, 0-1 district record, 1-3 on the season. Uh, Derek, you and I are picking Lake Comrant to win this game against New Hope. Uh, long way to travel, gets up here, uh, Lake Comrant, and um, it's just a better team to me. Uh, New Hope did lose to Columbus last week, 23-7. They're 1-3 uh, overall, 0-1 in the district. Comrant, 2-1. 0-1 in their district, but that you know that one loss was to a what we know is a good Center Hill team, and so I, I think that Lake Cormac gets back on track back on track this week, takes care of business, and I'm going with the Gators. North Point will be hosting a homecoming game tonight, so Hernando's canceled. North Point still rolling along. The North Point Trojans 0-1 in the district record, 2-1. Uh, overall record. North Point hosts the FACS Crusaders tonight. Uh, there is it Trojan Field? It is Trojan Field. Yeah, at Trojan Field uh, right there off Getwell. Uh, so uh, if you're looking for a local game to go and check out, that might be a good one to do. But the FACS Crusaders coming out of Memphis could be a bit of a struggle. 0-2 district record and 0-6 on the season. If homecoming you, yeah, opponent. That's uh, what you uh, want. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, any of us that have played football out there know what the words homecoming opponent means. Glad to see FACS come down, come down on those green buses and uh, – 
man, I'm picking North Point to roll tonight. It should be a heck of a fun time to cheer for the North Point Trojans tonight. Homecoming, all that kind of stuff. And uh, again, we talked about earlier this week, Powder Puff game at 1 or 2 o'clock today. Kids, just enjoy the homecoming festivities because as Hernando will tell you, they can be taken from you pretty quick. So uh, North Point in a big way tonight. Yeah, they got the parade uh, this morning. They've got the Powder Puff game this afternoon. Guys will get the early do a walkthrough and be ready for the game tonight. FACS had a decent team last year. They beat North Point on a uh, last drive, I guess the last possession drive, uh, last year up at FACS. Of course, they lost a lot of their players, which you can see. FACS has scored 13 points this entire year. So 13 points in six games. So you can do the math on that. Um, I do not see them being able to do anything against North Point. I think that North Point will be able to you know, put up some offensive numbers, pad some stats like they did the first game of the season. Again, I, I think that this would not even be put on a line in Vegas if they did that, and so I do expect the Trojans to win easily. When you're 0-6 on the season, I've been a part of, a, of an O-N team for uh, when I was younger, and, man, we were just ready to go to Sonic after the game. <laughs> we were done, man. We were done early on. Last game of the night, Magnolia Heights, 4-2 and on the season. We've talked about it before. Started out 2-0. and Went to two and two. They've battled back two game street to go to four and two. Uh, travels down to North Delta down in Batesville. Uh, North Delta is three and two on the season. Magnolia Heights is the larger school in the, as far as districts go. So it's not a district game or, or divisional game. Probably a rival. I'm assuming Magnolia Heights and North Delta probably be a pretty oh, rival, yeah, yeah. big time. Uh, so travels down to, to Batesville to play North Delta. I'm taking the Chiefs to move to five and two fairly easily tonight. I agree. Uh, North, uh, as you mentioned, the North Delta has not put a district game. They're all three and two overall. But again, they're they're a smaller classification. Magnolia Heights has a great offense. Uh, I do think that they have enough defense tonight to take care of North Delta, so we're going I'm going Chiefs. Yeah, so just to re, uh, recount, uh, Center Hill over the Columbus Falcons, Olive Branch, Quesadors uh, over the Tupelo Golden Wave, Lewisburg travels to Oxford. We're taking the Oxford Chargers to move to 4-0. The D.C. Jaguars travel to Horn Lake to uh, play a district game there. Uh, we're taking D.C. over the Horn Lake Eagles. Lake Comrade hosting the New Hope Trojans. We're taking the Gators. North Point Trojans uh, playing a homecoming uh, battle against the FACS Crusaders out of Memphis. We're picking North Point big time on that one. And the Magnolia Heights Chiefs at 4-2 and travel to North Delta. We're taking the Magnolia Heights Chiefs to move to 5-2. and But the most important way that we pick games here, uh, we'll pick three games this week, Derek. Is that okay? That sounds good to we're me. We're going to pick three games this Go. week. The, must- the Mascot Battle Royale. Mascot Battle Royale. So our first game, Derek, uh, pretty easy, I think. Mustangs over Falcon. Yeah, look, this 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 is interesting. Uh, you know, we had said the Mustangs. Mustangs gonna be tough. It is just a horse, pretty much. If you have a Gator, if you have a Tiger, that's we're gonna always pick against the horse. Now you got a now you got a Falcon. Now Falcon's a nasty bird. I mean, it'll come at you. Uh, Peregrine Falcon, of course, is the fastest, uh, I guess, animal overall uh, on the planet. Uh, traveling it up to almost 200 miles an hour. Don't think it's going to matter when it's in a cage. Don't think it's going to matter with a horse. Now, I'm not saying it couldn't get the talons in. It could, it could draw a little blood. But at some point, it's just going to upset the horse. Horse is going to kind of, you know, throw it to the side, bash it against the cage one time. Once the falcon's on the ground, it's over. It's over. It, it could be a very long battle, though. No, no I, I agree. Take, I mean, as long it, as the it falcon can stay up, I make it get on its back and start kind of you know, scratching <laughs> at the back right there. But once the horse has enough, bucks a couple times, the falcon, again, it's going to hit the cage at some point. It's going to hit the ground. It's going to have to land. Yeah, we're picking the Mustangs. 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 They were Mustang would beat a Falcon in the thing. Derek, you pick the next game. Go. I'm gonna look. I think I'm gonna look at the board. Um, you know, we we just basically had a Jaguar Eagle. I'm not gonna go there. Let's go. Let's go. Trojan versus Crusader. Okay. Our right. definition of a Crusader that would be obviously from the Crusaders, uh, Christian Crusaders. Christian Crusaders coming Christian. down against the Moors, thousand eighty approximately. You know, basically it's a, a coming in trying to impose their religion on them. Right. Yeah, they. You know, we're talking shields, we're talking swords. Trojan, same thing. I mean, this is yeah. this is probably one of the, I guess, most equal battles we've had. We've had a chief versus a Trojan yeah. before. We've had volunteers, volunteers, and, and, and yeah. other individuals have have battled. This is the closest one. Right. What are we going to do? I, I'm going to have to say based on two things. Number one, I think a Trojan would just come at you harder. Right. I think they they are right. just. I mean, look, Tro- they, Trojans. Uh, you can't. You definitely can't say Trojans weren't. They didn't get an A for effort. I mean, they were hard. Hard battling, tons of guns, right? Depending on what the, the gods willed them to do, they could put some beat. I mean, they had some really good fighters. They had Ajax. They had Hector. I mean, they had some good fighters. The Crusaders themselves, I mean, they've got the chain mail. They've got the, the sword. They've got the shield. But I think that, you know, if we're talking just a battle for hours against each other, I think that virtually the Trojans are going to win it. So I'm, I'm going to go Trojan. All right, so our, for our last one, Derek, I'm going to look at the board, and we're going to go for the Isle Branch Conquistadors taking on the Golden Wave. A Conquistador against a Golden Wave. There's two ways for me to look at it. The Conquistadors 
travel by boat. They use the water. They know how to. They know how to work the water there. I mean, that's. I mean, they. They. So. So they've conquered the quote-unquote golden wave right there. If we're looking in a cage. I'm assuming our cage has holes in it, so the golden wave can't even necessarily even begin to form there unless we put them in an aquarium. <laughs> if you're it, talking, has, it has to be a cage with sides for the golden wave to be able to, to compete. Yeah, if you're talking open ocean, yeah, as you said, they, they have boats. Yeah. They can actually ride, literally ride on the literally. wave. Literally, yeah. We got you. How, now, if you have some type of hurricane, cyclone. There you go. The wave, you know, if, if the wave can get the surge, if the golden wave can get a surge, they could overtake a. They can overtake anything, literally. I mean, we've seen it just this year. We've had three or four come on the mainland and just uh, storm surge, just take over cities, towns on the coast. I just don't think Tupelo themselves having a storm surge tonight. Okay. Uh, and I don't see in a cage the wave being able to get in there. Therefore, we're going to say that the Keisters have conquered okay. the waves. Keisters, so exactly. So we're going to go with Keisters over the Golden Wave. Hey, real quick, this is a turn back to media talk, Derek. Real, real quick. You and I have. You're from Natchez. I'm from Louisiana. We have dealt with hurricanes all our lives. The 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 word storm surge has not come out until like the last five years. The word storm surge never existed to me until I was probably 35 years old. Is that a media? T- I mean, I know it exists, of course. I mean, storm surge is what I'm saying is, has the media taken it to a whole nother level from a weather channel and a clickbait type situation to the word storm surge? Just another way to scare the crap out of people. You know, I'm thinking about Katrina. There was obviously a storm surge. I don't think they used the word storm surge. Right. Maybe they did. I think it was more, there's going to be, fl- I mean, they just said flooding. I mean, there's going to be severe flooding. Right. And I think go. they said severe flooding. Pontchartrain was going to flood. You know, it's going to circle in this way. It's going to blow the water this way. Right. And we all saw the... But they still didn't say storm surge. No, I think it was just flooding. <laughs> I think it was, you know, heavy flooding or six feet. I mean, they. I mean, there was obviously feet. I mean, right. they knew it was coming. I think that maybe that was a term that was given. And I, I don't know if it's fear-mongering or, or right. you know, scare tactics. I think it's more, this sounds better slash worse or a better way to say something worse. And, you know, hopefully if people hear that, that'll get them out. I think it's more maybe done as a safety precaution thing. I got you. But I don't – you're right. I don't remember hearing that for Katrina. I just remember, you know, localized – heavy localized flooding. Right. And, uh, Derek, speaking of hurricanes, sadly the transition to this, <laughs> speaking of hurricanes, occasionally hurricanes do hit Orlando. Hopefully without a hurricane – if you're looking for an op- opportunity to travel to Disney World, the podcast brought to you by Magical Destinations of Hernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or that tropical getaway, these ladies can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here in Hernando. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. Their phone number is 901-486-1702. That's 901-486-1702, or check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on both Facebook and Instagram to begin your planning today. Now, before we leave, I, I want to say one more thing. Uh, this is something I do want, uh, and I've asked, I've already sent a couple emails out, I think yesterday afternoon, and I'll send it out this today when we send the link to all the coaches to listen to our picks and previews. ADs, uh, athletic directors, I, I do something else we want to fit into the sports section. You know, we had originally talked about doing uh, women's soccer for this year, and I'm going to be honest, Manoia Heights has had a decent year, North Point soccer team has struggled mightily and so I kind of just not dropped not because my children go there just because there wasn't really much to say when you're losing every week unfortunately <laughs> you know that's I'm not slighting the girls I'm just I'm being honest sure. and with the other soccer teams not starting till November right. I think that's something we need to revisit next year is maybe looking to cover volleyball I think that is you know much more followed in the county uh, especially this time of year and so I think that's a change that we will you know we promise to make to the listeners I think it's, we may mention some playoff volleyball coming up when it starts so we're going to add that to the sports. But also, um, if any any teams in any sport, uh, whether it be soccer, whether it be basketball, whether it be uh, swimming, whether it be golf, whatever it may happen to be, if something dramatic happens, if it's a, a huge meet win, if it's a, you know, if somebody makes the playoffs in, in anything, in regionals or something, please reach out to us and give us that. And uh, I say that because um, I've Full disclosure, my kids do go to North Point. That the uh, I do want to brag a little bit uh, on the North Point girls golf team. People may say, "Well, that's you know, it's girls golf," but uh, the, you know, these girls have won the regional championship three years in a row. Uh, they'll be going to state. Uh, I think it's the week of October twelfth. And so you're saying, "Okay, well, you know, how good are these girls?" Well, they've won. Now the way this works is they, there's three golfers. I mean, you can have more than three, but they they look at three, and then uh, and then the, of the top three, they take the top two scores. Okay, and so North Point won regional with a total of 156. Ella Crest shot a 76. Wow. 
and Carla K. Hickman shot an 80. So they totaled for 156. The, the second place was USJ out of Jackson, Tennessee, and um, they shot a 162. So they won by six strokes uh, over to, to advance. Uh, again, the state tournament is October 12th and 13th in Manchester, Tennessee. But again, congratulations to those girls. Yeah. They fight hard. And again, three years in a row. 76 or 77? 76. So a, sev- a 76 in golf period is good. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's four I mean, over. Uh, yeah. that's, I mean, you've you're, you got a four handicap. Absolutely. And and they're playing on, you know, there was a, I think it was um, Colonial up in yeah. Memphis. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we're not talking about, no, they're playing you know, good courses, a neighborhood absolutely. course. I mean, we're yeah. talking about a legit course uh, in Memphis. She shoots a 76. Other girl shoots an 80. Uh, and so, and again, the third uh, player on their team, they only have three. Of course, you only, you take three, the, and, or you can have it. As many as you want, but I mean, three is three what scores. The, yeah, right. And Maddie Fleming was the other one. She was the uh, the higher of the three, so they took the seventy six and the eighty. So a great a great showing by them. Sure. And any other schools that have this, I know that schools have smaller teams of of different, whether it be the the boys or girls. I mean, if they have a rifle team and, and something happens, please let us know. And again, I've reached out to somebody in the county office to let the ads know, and I'm also going to send it to, to remind the ads that are on my email chain that I send the links to for the same thing. So uh, I appreciate y'all's patience with that, but. I do want to make sure that they get recognized. No, you're right, Derek. Uh, I know in our new presenting sponsor, uh, Team Couch, Birch Realty Group, uh, Brian and his daughter plays volleyball here at the Hernando Middle School. And you talk about some heated rivalries with Lewisburg, D.C. They've got a huge tournament coming up this week. Uh, really, Derek, I think you and I would both agree, the fact that we're playing sports in the coronavirus mm-hmm. day, and, day and age, the fact that th- these kids are getting to go out there and compete and have fun and stuff, um, you know, shout out to the administrators to continue to push forward and those kids out battling each and every week so shout out to them and please listen so going forward we will uh try to find again once the volleyball playoffs start we sure. will report that on here yeah, sure and we'll do our best and we, we you know it was a, a poor choice bus we went with soccer because we're familiar with soccer but with the lag time and when the when most of the schools start and plus just the, the the love and the follow of volleyball around here we will add that to our our podcast next year hey we're learning each and every day that utw podcast is committed to getting better uh we're, we're gaining listeners each and every week and we want to serve the public that's what we're trying to do so if you like what you hear please like us and go follow us on facebook at utw podcast find us on instagram at utw podcast and on twitter at utw pod that's facebook utw podcast instagram utw podcast and twitter at utw pod most importantly please go wherever you're listening uh hearing our voices right now go to that podcast provider and hit the subscribe button that helps us tremendously tremendously when people reach out to us for for the number of listens and that type of stuff to help us grow our show. So we appreciate uh, all of you. Thank you again to our presenting sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty. Shout out to them again. If you have any issues, 662-449-1700 is the way to get in touch with them if you are buying or selling real estate. Derek, if you have anything else. That's it. All right. Good enjoy show. your weekend, everybody. Uh, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. Drop